Welcome to In The Know, a podcast hosted by Caitlin Dager and Samara Dalmanico, where we take a deep dive into the boring stuff to bridge the gap between the law and young people. In other words, giving you your legally blonde moment. I object. Hello and welcome to our final episode of 2020. Woohoo! Today we will be talking about leave entitlements, which is a very topical issue leading into the Christmas and New Year's period. Absolutely. We give you the lowdown on what entitlements you should have as an employee, the differences between the types of entitlements, and the way you can calculate these. But first, Caitlin... Let's talk not about our week, mm. but about our year. 2020 is my year, bitches. Well, 2020. What can I say about this year? It has taken us about an hour to compile a list of all of the stuff that has happened this year. Oh, we'll absolutely still miss stuff too. Oh, we have glossed the surface. So before we get into the worldwide 2020... The absolute shambles. has been... <laughs> We will first tell you about our personal 2020 journeys. So for those that don't know, we both do cheerleading to quite a high level, actually. And we're on different teams, but we both train really, really hard. And this year we were supposed to go to the Cheerleading World Championships. Basically, we went to travel overseas in March, April, sorry, to compete in the Cheerleading World Championships, both our teams. And then we were meant to travel to Nashville. We were also meant to go to Disney World. And just have basically a really great, wholesome, fun adventure time. <laughs> mm-hmm. We spend many thousands of dollars. Many, many thousands. I still have not got any of my thousands of dollars, not even my tens of dollars back. And instead, we entered April in lockdown. Yeah. And we did not travel to the Cheerleading World Championships. And basically, that is personally <laughs> defined my depression for this year. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a pretty disappointing way to start the year, to be disappointing honest. Disappointing, to say the least. I cried a lot. A lot, a lot. And I did have a breakdown in my boss's office. That was horrific. Yeah. That was probably one of the most mortifying experiences of my life. I could not stop crying. Definitely a low. Huge low. Just uh, quite an indication of what was to come, to be honest. Yeah, so true. We hadn't even scratched the surface at that point. It's so funny, though, talking about worlds being cancelled. I injured my finger Mm. at the start, well, at the end of last year, actually, but at the start of the year was when it was all healing and stuff. And I was like, no, I've got to go to worlds. I have to keep training. And so I kept... Yeah, I kept training. And I ended up having to get two surgeries to fix the damage. Hey, I got two surgeries this year, too. Yeah. We were productive medically. Yeah, we were. But I had to end up getting two surgeries to fix the damage that I did to my finger for a competition we didn't even get to go to. It it still hurts, to be honest. Yeah, I haven't really... That's not trauma I want to delve into today. <laughs> Should we put a content warning on this episode? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Mass trauma. PTSD. A lot of money and time and energy and soul lost in this one event. Watch your profanity. Enough about us. Moving into 2020 more generally. Starting off with January, we had the devastating Australian bushfires. Then, because January wasn't already devastating enough, we move into the end of January, the 25th of Jan specifically, which is when the first Australian case of COVID-19 was reported. And then the following day, on the 26th of Jan, we heard about Kobe Bryant's death. Yeah, pretty intense way to start the year. I remember hearing about the first case and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And my mum told me it's not going to be fine. I said, mum, it'll be fine. 
It was not fun. I told everyone we need to lock down and work from home and no one wanted to listen to me. Yeah, that was in March, though. Ah, yeah, this is true. Touche. So then we move into February. And February, I guess, was a bit of a weird month because I I feel like we were just coming out of bushfires and we were just entering COVID, but I hadn't really touched anyone Mm. yet. The verdict against Harvey Weinstein was delivered on the 24th of Feb and he was convicted for the sex crimes charged against him. Big, momentous time. Yeah, huge win for the Me Too movement. Oh, huge. Yeah, massive. Then moving into March, on the 1st of March, we sadly had our first ever Australian COVID death. Mm Mm-hmm. Then on the 11th of March, the World Health Organization announced that COVID-19 was a pandemic. Before this, it was an epidemic. Then we also had on the 13th of March, the shooting or the the death of Breonna Taylor. At the hands of police. Mm, Devastating. Mm, Really sad. And I guess this is also the point where the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement started to first kind of come on to the public or the the broader public radar, Mm, which mm. then we'll talk about later where it really, really did pick off hugely. Mm. Back to COVID. We, on the 15th of March was when Worlds was cancelled. One one month to the day that we were supposed to fly out. Love that for us. And then on the 28th of March, Victoria moved into stage three restrictions for the first time. Little (laughs) did we know what was to come. What was coming. We thought we'll do our eight weeks. We will be free. It'll be great. It was not great. God damn. Moving into April, that was when the rumours first emerged that Kim Jong-un had died because he hadn't shown up to... No one had seen his face for about 15 days and he had missed a whole heap of public engagements. Do you reckon he had COVID? I don't know. There were so many conspiracy theories Mm. going around. I I don't think you'll ever know. No. Then he reemerged about 20 days later in early May. Wow, what a relief. I'm so glad. Then, continuing with May, the 25th of May was George Floyd's death at the hands of American police again. Mm. And that is what sparked the worldwide protests and really picked up the momentum behind the hashtag Black Lives Matter Mm, mm -hmm. campaign and movement and some really moving and historic stuff happened during that time and it's still happening now. Yeah, I think this is when, I mean, late May, early June is when the protests erupted in the US. We also saw it in the UK. Yeah, and here in Australia as well, we had quite a lot and they were very controversial both, you know, obviously due to the nature of the protest, but also because Australia was still under restrictions. Aggressive restrictions too. Absolutely not mass gathering vibes. No, no, but super important cause and hopefully one that will bring about Mm. some change. Yeah. We also had in May that murder hornets were found in the US for the first time because a pandemic and... Worldwide protest. protest wasn't enough. We had to randomly find some murder hornets, which are like yeah. these huge, you were saying, like a couple of inches long, mm-hmm. and they can stab through bee protective gear. Like, yeah. that's insane. They make me think of those hornets from The Hunger Games. Like, yeah. if you look at a photo, that's exactly what I imagine. Bit Peter. Yeah. 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 All right. And June, most importantly, on the 2nd of June, a blessing turned, <laughs> well, entered her last ever, sadly, Taylor Swift year. Oh, dear. I turned 22. And I did, luckily for me, have the opportunity to have a small numbers capped limited picnic outside yeah. with some of my pals to celebrate my birthday, which was 
much more than basically anyone else this year got. But unfortunately then, <laughs> on the 20th of June, some restrictions started to be imposed in Victoria in the wake of the whole hotel quarantine oh, leak situation. We will absolutely have to dive into that mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. There's the inquiry coming out. Yeah. So and then watch. finally, in June, Biden was announced as the Democratic presidential nominee. Woohoo! Moving on to July. I feel like this is like... Yeah. This was when G. Lane Maxwell was arrested on July 2nd in relation to alleged sex trafficking charges. Also, us here in Vic went back into stage three restrictions. Ouch. And on the 29th of July, we in Victoria had our highest day of cases, recording 723 new cases, and masks were imposed in response to this. Interestingly enough, also, Kanye West attended his first ever rally to endorse himself as I president. I still can't believe that was even a thing. Kanye. This year has been insane. <laughs> People have gone mad. I mean, standard for Kanye, but I mean, yeah. as, as a population of Everyone people. else has gone mad. All right, August. 2nd of August, state of disaster was declared in Victoria. And then on the 5th of August, we went into stage four restrictions. So that was 5Ks. The curfew. I always forget about the curfew. That was a wild time. Basically, everything shut. It was crazy. Also on the 4th of August, so just a day before we went into stage four here in Vic, in Beirut and Lebanon, the explosions occurred, which were also quite devastating. And Mm. I mean, personally, my I'm half Lebanese and a lot of my family live in Beirut or around that area so it was quite frightening during Mm. that time and also particularly difficult because banks and things like that were kind of going into places where they had no money so it wasn't like we could send money to help anyone who was injured and thankfully my family was fine but definitely a stressful time to add to a very stressful year. Mm, It was a really interesting intersection between world events and social media actually. Yeah it's huge. Because I know on my For You page on TikTok a lot of videos that potentially wouldn't have existed Mm. without TikTok or without social media platforms Mm. like that were spread circulating around the web and it really gave everyone I think more of a personal view of it no definitely then on a lighter note on the 11th of August Camilla Harris was announced as the VP candidate for the Democratic Party and Samara I turned 24 on the 29th of August, everyone. It was quite an interesting birthday because mm. we all thought that we were going to be out of lockdown, laughing, I remember fine. saying that to you around my birthday. I was like, no way am I going to have a birthday anywhere, but you will. Yeah. I ended up having it not at home, in stage four, recovering from surgery. So that was a really weird time for me. Okay. Moving forward into September. The next few months are basically just us being ridiculously devastated about the fact that stage four was extended again, even though they kept telling us it was going to end. So in September, stage four was, as I said, again, extended until at least October. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court judge in the US, died on the 18th of September. Mm. But in more positive news, we had so much spare time on our hands that the podcast idea started to formulate, and that's why we're here. Yeah, it was a rainy Saturday, and I was out on a walk talking to you on the phone, and we just went tropo. 
October now. On the 2nd of October, Trump tested positive for COVID-19. That was a interesting day. It's sparked <laughs> interesting, very neutral term. Yeah, it sparked some pretty funny tweets too. Oh, great memes. Yeah. Stage 4 was also extended again. Samara cried a lot. Yeah, a lot. So many tears. I didn't cry that much. I was emotionless by that point. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then on the 15th of October, we in Victoria had 100 days of consecutive lockdown. That's not lockdown day is in all of 2020 mm. that's just consecutive days so not even counting the first lockdown yeah where i had that little break <laughs> oh that was oh, really rough we have spent a lot of time inside this year as victorians <laughs> then on the 27th of october we released our first ever episode which ironically was about covid19 and then to round out the month on the 31st of october daddy dan took a break and did not do his daily presser which meant we were starting to feel quite hopeful as Victorians. Mm-hmm. And in November... It was a day of celebration. We moved out of stage four, finally. It felt so weird to get to see people again. Oh, it was insane. It was so lovely. People's faces looked weird because I was so used to seeing them on like a two-dimensional screen. Yeah. Like seeing 3D people really freaked me out a mm-hmm. lot. Like my friends, because mm-hmm. I was used... To, yeah. Yeah. And basically everyone... The November, I think, was the month of picnics yeah every absolutely everyone was having picnics in october but mostly november then on november 7th joe biden was announced as the 46th president of the united states of america and as we all know trump went absolutely absolutely insane and went on those twitter rants and he also has launched a bunch of legal challenges but it doesn't look like he's going to be successful so we think that one will hold he's absolutely not going to be successful. <laughs> we're very sure of that <laughs> and going into december where we are now god it's so close to christmas mm-hmm. we had a mostly normal december except mm. for the fact that our dear friend that's a lie. She's not our friend. We do not know her. She does not know us. We're not affiliated at all. But someone we have talked about quite a bit on the pod, Jill Hennessy, the Attorney General. Our good friend. Not our good friend, Tamara. <laughs> that is an inaccurate comment. We're not making misleading statements here. She stepped down as Attorney General for... Personal reasons. Yes, correct. Mm. And now, as we're recording this episode, Samara has been frantically checking and refreshing her phone to check mm-hmm. if the border or Vic border is getting close to New South Wales and to see if she can actually go home for Christmas or not. So, I mean, mm. not really ending the year in a high yeah, note. No. Very quite uh, 360 from the start of December. I've actually been home most of December, but I have a bag basically packed, ready to go. If they announce that the borders are shutting, I am in the car on my way up. That's crazy. Mm. Life's crazy. Mm. Anyway. Merry Christmas. With, uh, with all <laughs> that to process as we lead into today's episode, maybe we'll just play like a little calming snippet of music yeah. here so people can a have a little bit of zen. meditation. And because we hadn't already given you enough information in a very short period of time, Samara has one last thing she would like to add because she is a word nerd. Yes, I am very excited about this. We both very much like words. I do. It's mm. true. Mm-hmm. So, the Australian National Dictionary Centre has announced that ISO is their word of the year. Very, very fitting, very Australian, and it beat out words like bubble, COVID normal, and black summer. If that doesn't give you a round out of what the year has looked like, I don't know what does. And a very nice Aussie twist to it. Yes. Samara? Further, for the first time ever... (laughs) What a publicity stunt this one is. Oh, yeah. The Oxford Dictionary has chosen not 
to name a single word of the year. Crazy. Describing 2020 as a year which cannot be neatly accommodated into a single word, saying that it has been a year that has left us speechless. All those folks over in the UK reckon they're so flashy and so eloquent in their descriptions of the year. We're in Australia. We can say it how it is. <laughs> I so. I so. And just to round out this 2020 segment, to finish it on a high note, 2020 has been a really difficult year and it has been really, really challenging for a lot of people. And we're lucky to still have been able to work from home, so we have stable employment. But I would just like to say that I think a positive that's come out of 2020 is I'm a lot more appreciative of my relationships and keeping connected with people. For sure. And I think I've enjoyed... I've always been a social human, and so it has been really difficult to be in lockdown and see the Mm. same three faces over and over again in my house. But I think that I have taken moments where I get to just talk to people, particularly new people, Mm. and I've really enjoyed it. Like, last night, I went to a raging 30th. Shout out to Sam. Happy birthday. (laughs) And I spent four hours literally just talking to some people that I haven't met before, Mm. and it was a really, really lovely and refreshing experience. Mm. Not one I would have appreciated previously. Yeah, it it absolutely has brought back into focus all of the little things. So hopefully we can take that forward Mm. into next year and beyond. good year. Yeah. 2021, please. Please, we need it. I'm wearing the hat with the party. So before we dive headfirst into the episode... Caitlin and I always say that she's the Hamish of the podcast and I'm the Andy. And it's because she is the long-winded, rambly one, whereas I'm more of the timekeeper, sensible one. And so with that, a little bit of housekeeping from me. Next year, we are going to move into releasing our episodes on Wednesday. It just works better with our lives. We are incredibly busy on a Monday because, as you heard, we both do cheerleading and we both train on that day. So... Yes, we are moving our episode release to Wednesday starting in 2021. And into the main app. Basically, Chilling didn't read before we even start here. Sorry, Samara, I'm going to put it up first. You're entitled to your annual leave. Yay! Before we get into the episode, just a quick disclaimer. In the No podcast and affiliated content are for information purposes only and should not be construed as legal advice on any matter. For the full disclaimer and further information, please refer to our show notes. Okay, let's head into the boring stuff for this week. Yay! Today's episode brings us back to our favourite website, the Fair Work website. For a breakdown of their role and their importance, head over to our previous employment app. It's called Working Hard or Hardly Working for a complete rundown. But today we're talking employment leave entitlements specifically. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Also, side note, just to keep it simple, we will be focusing on award agreement employees and we won't be delving into award agreement free employees in this episode. Okay. So, Caitlin, what is leave? Yes, leave. Pretty straightforward. Basically, what you use when you're meant to go to work on a certain day, but you don't. It's something that an employee takes for one of several reasons, including things like going on a holiday because they're sick or because they have to take care of sick family members. Then, just for your information, minimum leave entitlements for employees come from the National Employment Standards, or NES. An award, registered agreement, or contract of employment can also provide for additional leave entitlements on top of those NES minimums. 
If these words like award, registered agreement, or NES just aren't meaning anything to you, we suggest again that you go back and listen to our working hard or hardly working episode before diving into this one. So before we break down the different types of leave, we thought that it would be a good opportunity to have a quick chat about payslips. Yes, payslips. Firstly, payslips have to be given to an employee within one working day of payday, even if the employee is on leave. They can be given in either electronic form or hard copy, but they have to have the same info on them regardless. Yay! What info, you may ask? Well, Caitlin's got you covered. Payslips have to cover the details of an employee's pay, obviously, mm-hmm. for the pay period in question. In terms of specifics, this includes things like the employer and employee's name, the employer's ABN, the pay period, dates of payment, gross and net pay, if an employee's paid an hourly rate, the ordinary hourly rate, the number of hours worked at that rate, and the total dollar amount of pay at that rate. There's more, sorry. Any loadings. So this includes stuff like casual loading, allowances, bonuses, penalty rates, stuff like that. Any deductions from the employee's pay. This has to include the amount and details of each deduction and the name or name and number of the fund or account the deduction was paid into. Deductions in simple terms is stuff like if you rent a car through your company, that will come out of your payslip. Finally, any superannuation contributions paid for the employee's benefit, and it must include the amount of contributions made during the pay period and the name or name and number of the superannuation fund the contributions were made into. That's a lot of information for one payslip. Important though. Yes. Samara, I can already hear the questions coming in. Well, in the no girls, you're talking about leave today, but you haven't mentioned leave balances on a payslip. What's the go with that? Well, interesting enough, this was actually something that we Googled ourselves a couple of days ago, which sparked this episode. So it's a great question. It's best practice to show an employee's leave balances on their payslip, but it's actually not a requirement. However, an employer does need to let you know of your leave balance if you ask for it. I like it, Kaji. Okay, so we'll move on and break down the different types of leave. P.S. There's a bunch, so today we're only going to talk about a few. But for completeness, these types are annual, carers and sick leave, compassionate and bereavement leave, workers' compensation leave, community service leave, long service leave, parental leave, public holidays, and unpaid family and domestic violence leave. Wow. So we'll start at the very beginning with annual leave. Essentially, annual leave allows for an employee to be paid while they're having time off, and it's given to all employees except for casual employees. So guys, (laughs) so as a full-time or part-time employee, you get four weeks of annual leave, which is based on your ordinary hours of work. So for example, if you work part-time 20 hours a week for a year, in one year, you'll accumulate 80 hours of annual leave because 20 times four is 80. So there's your four weeks. Pretty straightforward, right? Yes, it is. I remember when I had my first, when I started working part-time and I had my first annual leave day and how exciting it was to be paid when I wasn't actually at work. And now I work full-time and I realize that four weeks is not enough. Okay, so if we've got that all under wraps, let's go on to accumulating annual leave. 
So Samara, annual leave starts to be accumulated from your very first day of employment. And this is what I learned today. It accumulates even if you're in a probationary period. This leave is accumulated gradually during the year and any unused annual leave will roll over from year to year. Also, just to note here, annual leave is accumulated in some circumstances and not others. So to clear that up, it does accumulate when the employee is on paid leave. So that's that annual or sick and carers leave, community service leave, including jury duty. Interesting. Mm, And long service leave. But it doesn't accumulate when you're on any sort of unpaid leave. And this includes unpaid sick and carers leave or annual leave. Look at all those chickens. We'll talk now a little bit about when annual leave can be taken. Simply, you can take it as soon as it's been accumulated. And you don't have to take the balance every single year. It's up to each employer and employee to agree on when and for how long annual leave can be taken. In saying this, an employer cannot unreasonably refuse an employee's request to take annual leave and there is no maximum or minimum period of annual leave that can be taken. But also, Samara, in some awards and registered agreements, you can actually be allowed to cash out your annual leave. So basically, this just means instead of taking that time off and being paid, you're paid the money anyway, but not taking the time. It feels very corporate. Mm, It does, doesn't it? To do this though, there's a couple of requirements. This includes stuff like the employee must still retain at least four weeks of annual leave and that there must be a signed written agreement with the employer on each occasion this occurs. That written agreement has to include the amount of leave being cashed out, the amount that will be paid and the date paid. Also, the payment for the cashed out leave must be the same as what the employee would have been paid if they actually took the leave. Good thing to note here is that it's actually unlawful for your employer to try and force you to make an agreement to cash out annual leave. So if this is happening to you, like we always say, seek legal advice or contact Fair Work and they'll point you in the right direction for this stuff. Okay. On that same thread, can you ever be forced to take your annual leave? Samara, this is another one of those grey law areas where I have to answer by asking a question and say it depends on what you mean by forced. So what your employer can do is they can direct you to take annual leave. But there's a few conditions to this one. That includes that this can only be done when the relevant award or registered agreement allows it. And it's a reasonable requirement. Ah, reasonableness. This comes up a lot in the law and it is super, super vague and really, really unhelpful. But hey, it crops up all the time. So in this instance, this direction to take leave may be considered reasonable if the employee has an excessive annual leave balance or if the employer's enterprise is being shut down for a period. Classic example coming up, Christmas and New Year's. It is Christmas, my dudes. Cool. That is annual leave for you. So now let's move straight along to sick and carer's leave. This type of leave lets an employee take time off to help deal with personal illness, caring responsibilities, and family emergencies. So this is the classic type of leave you'd use when you're ill or injured. But the carer's element also means that you can take time off to care for an immediate family or household member who is sick, injured, or help with a family emergency. For the purpose of immediate family or house member, this includes people such as current or former spouse, current or former de facto partner, 
child, grandparent, grandchild, sibling, or any of these of your spouse or de facto partner. Interestingly enough, this definition also includes step relations, so step parents, step children, as well as adoptive relations. Very inclusive, we like this. Also, a household member is any person who lives with the employee. On that note, Samara, do you get paid for sick leave? So, in short, yes and no. There is both paid and unpaid sick leave. All employees, except for casuals, unfortunately, are entitled to paid sick and carers leave. This is from the NES. Yep, thank you. So, how much sick leave do you get? Similar to annual leave, this is on a yearly basis. And it's based on your employee's ordinary hours of work. The special number then? 10 days for a full-time employee and pro rata for part-time. For our mathematical listeners out there, it is calculated as 1 26th of an employee's ordinary hours of work. Whew, that's a sum. Mm-hmm. And again, registered agreements, awards, or contracts can set out different entitlements to this kind of leave, but thanks to that NES minimum protection, it can't be less than that 10 days for a full-time employee or pro rata for a part-time. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, moving on to the next question. How does paid sick and carers leave accumulate? Well, dear listener, full-time and part-time employees accumulate sick and carers leave during each year of their employment. And it starts accumulating from an employee's first day of work and is based on their ordinary hours of work. Interestingly enough, I've had two surgeries this year and I basically used my entire sick leave balance for my first surgery. And then shockingly, I had to get another one two months after and I actually had already accrued some sick leave that I could have used. That's a bit of a... A law win, can we call it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Four for you, Glen Coco. You go, Glen Coco. Law wins aside, how much paid sick or carers leave can you take at a time? So an employee can actually take as much paid sick or carers leave as they've accumulated. There is no minimum or maximum amount that can be taken at a time. If we take my example, though, I ran out of my paid leave. What can I do then? Unfortunately, that's where we have to visit unpaid sick or carers leave. And casuals, you get included here. Welcome back. So all employees, including casuals, are entitled to two days of unpaid carers or sick leave. In the case of carers leave, these two days are given every time an immediate family member or household member of the employee needs care and support because of that illness, injury, or unexpected emergency. Full and part-time employees, however, like you, Samara, can only take this unpaid carer's leave or sick leave if they don't have any paid leave left. Right, okay. Free shavakadu! So we all know that to get your sick leave, you have to get a medical certificate. So let's discuss where that comes in. Actually, Samara, what I learned during this research is that's kind of a bit of a myth. Because you don't always have to have your medical certificate right on your first day of being sick. But an employer can always ask an employee to give evidence that shows the employee took the leave because they weren't able to work because of that injury or illness or that care or support to immediate family or household member. Employers can ask employees to provide that evidence for as little as one day or less off work. But like we've mentioned earlier, awards, registered agreements and contracts may not require that medical 
certificate in all instances. So I know for me personally in my workplace, my contract says that we don't need a medical certificate for our first day of sick leave, but any subsequent day you do need to have a medical certificate for. Decided. Okay, so we were talking about cashing out annual leave before. And if you're wondering whether or not you can do the same to sick and carers leave, Generally, you can't. Oh, no. Most awards don't allow for this, but employees covered by a registered agreement can cash out sick leave if the agreement allows. Just as a little bit of a side note, because we love a a trivia trivia fun fact. Yeah, you can whip it out at the next pub night. The only two awards that allow cashing out of this kind of leave are the Timber Award and the Steve Steve Adoring. Award? I mean, tell us if we said that right. I think it's Steve Adoring. And the Steve Adoring Award, whatever that may be. Okay, bang. Done with sick and carers. Another really popular form of leave is that maternity or parental leave. And Samara, what actually is parental leave? So parental leave, not relevant to either of us, but... Hopefully one day. Hopefully one day. We, We can only hope. Parental leave is leave that can be taken when an employee gives birth, an employee's spouse or de facto partner gives birth, or when an employee adopts a child under the age of 16. With that one, employees are entitled to 12 months of unpaid parental leave And they can actually request an additional 12 months of leave on top of that. In terms of eligibility, all employees in Australia are entitled to parental leave. Welcome back, casuals. (laughs) Nice to have you in the building. (laughs) Employees are able to take parental leave if they have worked for their employer for at least 12 months before the date or expected date of the birth if the employee is pregnant before the date of the adoption or when the leave starts and if they have or will have responsibility for the care of a child. Now, just touching on casuals again. Rounding it back out. We love them. So sorry you have all these special conditions. You're eligible for that unpaid parental leave if you've been working for your employer on a regular and systematic basis for at least 12 months. That's a bit of a technical term, So we're just going to leave it there. And if you're a casual, seek legal advice for that one. But just for a kind of general idea, you have to be working on a pretty frequent basis and consistent basis for that 12-month period of time. Catch me outside. How about that? On to our final type of leave for the day, long service leave. I don't want to be too presumptuous and say that most of our listeners are young, so this type of leave probably doesn't apply to you. But we're just going to touch on it for your information anyway. And for all the mums out there, I know my mum listens. Shout out, Wendy. (laughs) This one could go out to you. Actually, interestingly enough, one of my friends has been in her job since she was about 14 and had long service leave in her mid-20s. Well, there you go. Shout out to Hannah. Hannah. Good job to you. Celebration candy bars. Okay, so long service leave. Who gets it? This is actually a case where each state and territory in Australia is different. So as our stock standard response is here, we're sticking to Victoria. An employee can request to take this leave any time after seven years of continuous employment with their employer. This happens by agreement between the employer and the employee and can be taken for any period of not less than one day at a time agreed by both parties. So an employer may agree to an employee taking long service leave in advance of having completed seven years of continuous service. An employee can also request to take a period of long service leave twice as long for the period that which they're entitled at half their ordinary pay. That's a pretty cool hack. 
Yeah, isn't it? The employer must grant leave as soon as practicable following the employee's request unless the employer has reasonable business grounds for refusing the request. Ah, yes, reasonableness right there again. Mm -hmm. It crops up every single episode. Also, Samara, actually, just to round off this point, an employer may direct an employee to take leave by giving at least 12 weeks written notice. If the employee doesn't want to take their leave at that time, when it's nominated by the employer, they actually have to apply to the industrial division of the magistrate's court to, to pursue that. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. And also, as a side note, an employee in the case of long service leave in Victoria includes full-time, part-time, casual, seasonal and fixed-term employees. Yay! But in saying that, the important thing to note here, Samara, is that that must be continuous employment. And continuous, I actually have a definition for you this time, Victorians. Under the Long Service Leave Act 2018 in Victoria, continuous means you must not be absent for more than 12 weeks between any two instances of employment. However, there are some exceptions to that. For example, when we're talking about seasonal work, we're not getting into it today, but it's in the act slash talk to a lawyer or fair work, my friends. All right. So because we love talking about cashing it out, unfortunately, you cannot cash out long service leave. And it is actually an offense under this long service leave act to give or receive payment instead of the employee taking their well, well-deserved break. So I guess um, long service leave in this way must be some kind of like well wellness check-in for employees. Like if you've been working continuously for seven years. Yeah, it's quite a long time. The government says like, hey, you just have a bit of a break, perhaps. Yeah. Seven years doesn't feel as long as it seems mm. either. I mean, it's nearly the length of my degree, but <laughs> that's a touchy <laughs> subject. Do you get long service leave from, from uni? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I deserve it. <laughs> I wanted to tune to add a little hack element to this episode. Interesting. And, yes. And say that on the Business Victoria website under their long service leave portion, they have a calculator to use to work out your long service leave. You're probably tuning out because long service leave doesn't apply to us, right? But all the other leaves that do, there is an equivalent calculator on the Fair Work Ombudsman website, which can calculate all your different leaves. So instead of going through and trying to be your mathematical, Chucking in the calculator. How handy. That's why it's our favorite website. So back to our too long didn't read. There are lots of different types of leave and different types of employees are entitled to different types of leaves. Your award and your registered agreement matters, but you will always get the minimum under the NAS guidelines. It's also always a good idea to check out your leave options before just taking it. So you take the most appropriate one given your circumstances. Exactly. Just quickly in regards to how much you get annual leave, you get four weeks of annual leave based on your ordinary hours of work. Sick and carers leave is based again on your ordinary hours of work and is 10 days for a full-time employee and pro rata for a part-time employee. Parental leave is 12 months of unpaid leave and you can also request an additional 12 months. And lastly, long service leave. You can request to take this at any time after seven years of continuous employment and you can calculate it on the calculator that Caitlin mentioned. Okay, I feel like that was a real long episode of listing facts, but now my friends, you are in the know. 
Hooray! And if you want a funny little tidbit, we actually had to record that twice because we accidentally recorded over the top of each other. We didn't accidentally. You, Samara, recorded us over the top of ourselves. Okay, well, someone, someone did it, <laughs> is all I'm saying. Anyway, all sources from today's episode are in the show notes. As always, if this has brought something up for you, please get in touch with the relevant bodies. Contact a lawyer, job watch, fair work. They're all really great resources. We'll pop them in the show notes. Again, this never constitutes legal advice. We're never trying to talk to your specific situation. This is just a general guide and resources to help you start on your way. Thank you so, so much for all your support this year or Mm -hmm. this short couple of months we have absolutely loved doing the pod and we have done some incredible planning for 2021 and we're incredibly excited so excited expect more people more topics and some really juicy stuff honestly i'm super excited i hope that was a good teaser yeah it's not it probably doesn't do justice to what's coming but what's coming is good yeah we're really really excited for it and for the final time in 2020 (laughs) we are a tiny independent podcast recording this literally sitting on our beds on our phone hopefully 2021 will bring a microphone yeah boxing day sales (laughs) your support means the world to us and it really really helps getting our name out there things like telling your friends telling your mum your aunties your sisters your brothers sharing it on your Instagram story, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or even liking our meme posts. We love that. Get around our posts. We check the stats obsessively. Follow us at inthenow underscore podcast. And if you have any feedback for us, please slide into our DMs or shoot us through an email. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us this year. Hopefully next year we can continue on this great journey all together. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a merry, merry Christmas. And a happy new year. Woohoo!